I'm right on top of it, Rose. Even I couldn't even get that quote right. It's, I'm right on top of that, Rose. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to Revisit a Ruin, the show where we revisit something from our childhood and most likely ruin our memories of it. I'm your host, Max, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and the smelliest person I know, CM. Girl, I'm healthy. Fuck you, CM. <laughs> so rude. Not even our dog farts in this little space. That was him, actually. Uh, guys, we're back. It's been a few weeks. Uh, we had some scheduling issues, but we are back, um, with a weird one this week. Uh, this week we watched Don't Tell Mom, But the Babysitter's Dead. But? No. And the baby. what's the entire, what's the Why would you ever put a but? I don't know. What's the title of this movie? Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, okay. Very direct. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Don't Tell Mom, But the Babysitter's Dead. What is it, a Jewish iteration of it? What's with you? You're starting with, with farts, anti-Semitism. What? What's next? Uh, <sighs> um, oh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Okay, so listen, this is from 1991. Okay. I don't know what, what you were year? doing in 1991. <laughs> uh, moving, getting ready to move from California to Massachusetts. Ooh. Yeah. Look at you. Continental, okay. yeah, the Continental family. So, 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 here. Studio. What? Is that a Nickelodeon reference? No, that was a Phil Collins reference. Oh, I don't know. You what uncultured is. swine. Hi, Philly Collins. It's <laughs> <laughs> my best friend. Philly Collins? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Bo. Okay, All right. anyways. Yep. All right, so listen, here's a mini synopsis without ruining too much because honestly, we're going to try to go in order because if we don't, it's a hot, shitty pile of mess. Like, so much is happening in this movie for various different reasons that you could easily get lost in a tangent. Max. I'm not the one who started this off with a distraction. Smoke bomb! In your yeah. face. Go, go over the synopsis. Anyway, so, uh, so it has, you got the mom, she has plans for Australia, and the kids are left behind with a babysitter. That is until she kicks the bucket. Now the kids must find a way to survive the summer without any adults. They'll learn what it is to grow up and take on responsibility, all the while being a part and parcel to a couple of crimes on the way. But it's a comedy, right? All in good fun. Oh, that was a really vague, quick synopsis. Yeah, In a see? way, like, yeah. Didn't I, I say I, I was going to do that? Yeah, totally. I like that. All right, cool. Hey, great. See? Wow. Um, Look at that. I'm for hire, IMDb. Yeah. You, you uh, Rotten wanna, Tomatoes. You don't want to work with him. Uh, He'll stink up your booth. What? Give me my own office. Wink, wink. Yeah, anyway. You can't um, see that because I'm winking. Yeah, okay. Um, I... I oh, of course, starring Christina Applegate. Sorry. I had a... Shout out, girl. Yeah, we're going to get to all of this stuff. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to get to all this stuff. All okay. of it. I was going to uh, just talk marriage. about sorry. childhood connections. You, are you, we're talking about tangents? Sorry. I'm trying to move. Did you watch this as a kid? Um, okay, so I definitely saw this as a kid. Uh, I remember it. Here's the funny thing, and I, I'm guessing we'll encounter more movies like this, because... I watched it as a child. I remember this as a children's movie. Mm. This is not a children's movie. No. Um, it was actually, like, it, it was pretty apparent early on. And as kind of like the theme of the movies that we've been watching, them pretty much being marketed towards children, this is the first one that kind of bleeds into, like... Adulthood. Yeah. It, but you could say it goes with the story. No, totally. It's just, it's, it's a little bit mismatched for this podcast. Oh, I see what you're saying. But that's fine. But I definitely watched it as yeah, a kid, too. It was a Blockbuster it? rental. Yeah. Um, so you watched it as well? Yes. But it, like I said, Blockbuster rental. 
I got it because I was watching, um, again, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, Married with Children. Yeah, everyone was. You know, like, it's very inappropriate comedy, like, that kind of stuff that can't you can't get away with nowadays. Like, she, Christine Applegate was on it, so that's why I saw it in the video store, I'm sure, and she was on the cover, and I was like, oh, I gotta see this. Yeah, she you know? was in her... You know what? It's funny. Like, I, w- I was about to say in her prime, but she's having a bit of a resurgence now. Actually, yeah. she kind of has just been working consistently. Well, she, she had different television shows yeah. in between. She's done Broadway, too. Um. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, she definitely was the, like, the star of this movie. Well, this she, was her first lead role in a movie. Oh. Like, she she was doing Mary the Children. She was 19. And the reason why she got this movie was because um, the actor who played um, Bundy, Al Bundy, uh, who's in Modern Family. Ooh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Um... Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, him. Yeah, he he knew the producer or something like that and gave her the script and suggested her. Oh. So that's why she got this role. Yeah, he seems like a nice Originally, guy. when the film was written, do you know who it was originally intended for? <sighs> Winona Ryder. Oh, 91. Different movie. It I would have been different. She hadn't had her uh, her kleptomania phase yet. No, but some other kids had issues too. That's in interesting. Oh. Anywho, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. Yeah, well, maybe let's, this movie is uh, surprisingly dense, so maybe let's just start going through it. All right, so, well, let's say, what's your first impression starting off? Oh, overall? Yeah, overall. Were you like, okay, where are we going with this? Do I like it? Is it funny? Is it a drama? Um, is this fucking weird? I'm re-watching this movie uh, at a very interesting point in my life, I've just switched my job and have a more nine to five structure now. So I'm kind of watching it at the perfect time. Um, because of that, I actually really did enjoy it. Uh, I think this movie oddly, uh, uh, is still very appropriate to the time that we live in. Um, especially with how, um, entitled, our age range can be, I'll say, possibly. Mm. Uh, I liked it. I, I actually liked this movie. Me too. Oh, well, I liked it. Be a boring conversation then. Yeah, I did like it. There were a Get lot. ready, guys. Well, no, there were a <laughs> lot of things that I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why? Oh, yeah. Just some, of the, some, some of it's garbage. Like drag queen criminals of the underbelly of night. Like, <laughs> so why weird. are they there? What is happening? And then they're gone. Yeah, you see the age in every so often. Yeah. But like, for the most part, as a weird idea for a movie, uh, it works. Yeah. The narrative works. Yeah. So, let's start from the beginning. A very good place to start. Yeah, we meet the worst family in the world. They're all fucking crazy. They just all hate each other. They hate each other. They are destructive. Yeah, I don't even know how, like, one, social services probably should have been here already. Oh, totally. Um, you've got, so, I'm just gonna listen real quick. You've got a mom who is basically escaping her horrible children for two months. A single mom, so there's not even a dad in the situation. Yeah, and she's only going, she's going to Australia. Yeah. Um, she can only afford it because her boyfriend's paying for it. And she's just leaving her kids for two months. Bye. Two months. Uh, her eldest daughter is Christina Applegate. Um, she's graduated high school and she wants her to go to college. That's like kind of her her thing, you know, yeah, she's with like, an interest in fashion. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, I don't know, mom, whatever, you know, I don't want to go to college. <laughs> then you've got the burnout son who is like a super stoner. He can't function one second of the day without being stoned. 
uh, and he does nothing around the house. None of the kids contribute anything. They just like they just take and take and take. And you have little Zach who steals money. Yo, you've got yeah this kid who is like his his thing is one he steals money and two he is like in a very like. Uh, mature, sexual. out of place, romantic. No, there's nothing sexual about it. Oh, I don't he know. just like is he's like describes these like prepubescent girls as like his moon goddess, which is like <laughs> super weird. He's weird. You've got the tomboy daughter next, who has a fascination with death. Like, I mean, she is a sociopath. We first meet her like m- murdering cockroaches by lighting them on fire. Um, and also she wants to play baseball and then because those go together because yeah, they're natural. It's a natural pairing. Um, and then you've got the youngest boy who loves TV and that's kind of his only shtick. Uh, he just wants to watch TV all the time and a dog, a dog named Elvis who's very cute. That is a very cute dog. Yeah, that's kind of the family. Um, and we, yeah, the mom is leaving for two months and they are like, Oh, we're gonna have a summer vacation, and then the babysitter comes in. And they left. This babysitter is awesome. Her face is like falling off her bones. Yeah, she's like real old. I'm guessing she died like for real five days after she was done with production. No, but it was a couple of years later. Oh, like she's pretty old. Oh, you know this for a fact. Yes, I okay. saw it online. <laughs> um, but she had like an amazing, like demonic, dark resonating voice that was like horrific so she first presents herself as like a mary poppins like hi i'm the nan or i'm the babysitter we'll be fine you go ahead enjoy your trip and all of a sudden she's like get in line yeah i i said this while we were watching it i desperately would love to see her audition video because like I actually really liked this woman. She was funny. She was really funny. I can watch a whole movie with her. I completely Just agree. Just terrorizing the kids. I completely agree. If you want to do a prequel of any movie, do it of this movie. I want to know where this babysitter's from. She says her family is all gone, which is terrifying. She probably killed them. She probably did kill them. Um, and yeah, she just like derives pleasure from like order and just, I think the the burnout ends up killing her unintentionally. Unintentionally, I think that's what because, they try to okay, tell you. So, so what happens essentially is the babysitter sets up all these rules and all these expectations for the kids, like putting the tomboy girl in a dress and giving them things to do around the house. And then she walks into the acid rock, I guess, the the pothead son's room. Yeah. And there's like all these like half naked ladies everywhere, and she looks like she's on the verge of a heart attack. Yeah, and she, then the next scene, Christina Applegate discovers her because they're all like, "We're not going to take this crap anymore." They go into the woman's room, and she's dead. Yeah, so I guess she had a stroke because she, she went into the wrong room. Yeah, we're and all the, such fragile creatures. And folks. then these genius kids were like, "Let's dump her body." Yeah, and this, this <laughs> is so. Uh, here's here's one of my problems with this movie. It feels like a bunch of different movies, right? Like these characters do all of these different things. And I know, like, you could say, oh, they have a progression. They become, like, you know, way more respectful and, like, mature. Mm. But, like, they take this woman's body, her corpse, put it in a a chest, Mm -hmm. and then just drop it off at a uh, mortuary mortuary with a note. And they're just like, cool, we did it. This nice old lady died of natural causes. Enjoy. Yeah, it's so it's so bizarre. Like we have a, um, 
And there's no investigation. None. No news report, which would have been fine to hear in the background every once in a while. Like, oh, did you hear that news report about the old lady that was found in the... But nobody's talking about it. No. Doesn't exist. No one cares. Her family's gone. Yeah, but the news still would have talked about it. You don't think if a box with an old lady's body showed up in front of a mortuary or a hospital in New York City, somebody wouldn't say anything and it wouldn't be on the news? It would be on the news. I think in 91, we were a very ageist culture. I don't think we really like good cared riddance. for their elderly that much. Aww. So, you know, and in the end, like, what is death in a coffin but a corpse in a chest with a note on it? Yeah. So, you know, they were, they were doing the Lord's work. Amen. You go get them, kids. Amen. That scene lasted far too long. It was terrifying when they were dragging the corpse to the chest. <laughs> um, that was a different movie, but it was in this movie. Um, so they, they get that done. Good job, kids. Good job, kids. And then all of a sudden they realize, shit, we're running low on money. They have no money. They have no money. So high stakes. Look at you. Yeah. Ghost so, scriptwriter. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's actually kind of cool. They, they yeah. you know, have things explained in some way. No, no. Everything is pretty much explained. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about it. When you sit there and you think about each of the things that occur in the movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's why they did that. That's why this is happening. And But uh, it all makes total sense. Um, so what ends up happening is Sue Ellen, played by Christina Applegate, ends up saying, you know what, I'm the eldest, I will get the job. Well, they flip a Celeste pizza box to see either it's going to be her or the, uh, or the, the eldest bro- son. Or the pothead brother, yeah. yeah. And so she loses, she goes, starts off at a burger joint, which is like clown themed or circus yeah. themed. Oh god, it was really you gross. imagine going there with like yeah. some pedophile owner yeah. or manager and she uh, meets the burger boy of her dreams. Yeah, which is like the most boring part of this movie. The the relationship, Christina Applegate's love interest is, it's that guy that you know from like, I don't know, Boston Legal or something. He, he Look it up on IMDb. I don't know what his name is. I don't really care. Uh, that part is so boring. In this movie, did were you boring? Born? I didn't care about this relationship. No, whatsoever. I was more interested in Christine Applegate's fashion. Yeah, because some yeah. of her clothing no. was kind of like. Well, it was like leftover from the eighties, you mm. know, still with like the shoulder pads. I do want to say one thing about the uh, the love interest character, which was one of my favorite parts of the movie, to his credit or to uh, the writer's credit. So he says he's been working at this burger place or this hot chili, this hot dog place, hot dog place. He's working at this hot dog place for nine months, saving up for college. Go you. He has an ice cream truck delivery car that he uses to do deliver these hot dog orders, but he uses it in his free time. So like his, his vehicle. It's a company car. Yeah. He has a company car for like some, you know, shitty uh, fast food place. And, like, he drives it everywhere. Everywhere. He goes on a date with Christina Applegate to the beach, and they make sure that you can see it in the background, which is, like, why is it parked on the I beach? I think they thought it was going to be funny, and I'm sitting there going, he's wasting all this money that's supposed to be for college on gas. Because, you know, the amount of money he's making flipping hot dogs and burgers is probably enough to buy index cards. True. Truth. Boom. That's a very good point. Mic drop. Yeah, I think you're showing your age with that. You're concerned. You're like, he can only afford gas. What a waste <laughs> of money. What are you doing? Put that in a 401k. It's true. You nerd. Oh, my God. So um, anyways, he tells her, you know what? If you don't like it here, because she was obviously miserable, scrubbing pans and lard and fat. So she quits. 
She quits and she um, forges um, a resume. A resume, which as one criminal child might do at the age of seventeen to get a job. Which it's it's funny. Um, so she, this is a movie of like pure luck, right? She oh, yeah. forges the resume and she shows up for the interview and she, because she's in the right place at the right time uh-huh. and meets the right woman, she ends up just immediately getting this job. But off isn't of that fake life? Resume. Uh, no, that is not life. That's life. You have to go through a background check. You have to provide a social security number. You gotta do the W-2. Like, wh- how are they even paying this girl? Well, she's taking out a petty cash. No, but her paycheck. Like, oh, that she gets. and they, she does get one in the movie, so yeah. they got to explain that. Literally, like, <clears throat> I've never actually hired someone before, but you provide a social security number, and I assume one of the things that shows up is a date of birth connected with that. Yeah. It must. <laughs> so nobody, maybe everyone's illiterate in this movie. Maybe. I don't think you ever see anyone, oh, yeah, well, that would be a fun little twist. Are you a fashion student? Did they teach you to read? Are you illiterate? Do you know how to read? You probably don't because you're illiterate. Oh. Um, so she gets this job. She is a fashion executive assistant. Yeah. Which like even they describe, they say she's like the communications hub of something. She basically does all the shitty job work that the executive doesn't want to do. Yeah. You know, like she, this character benefits. I love the fact that she gets into this uh, this job, and like when she's being shown around and told what she's actually doing, she doesn't understand anything. Yeah, um, I like and that. you can see. I, I want to give Christina Applegate, <clears throat> uh, Applegate credit for her performance. I actually really did like her performance in this movie. It's good. There was a lot of stuff in just her eyes being like, "I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What's going on?" Yeah. Um, and you, but you only really see that like surface at the very end of the movie. You know, like a child in this world, way overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, that said, did you like this character, her character? Because, I did a lot. Oh, I really I, did because of, well, and I also, and kudos, kudos to the writers, throughout the whole thing, she's growing up and you can see how she's taking on responsibility. No, she's not. What do you mean? You think she's taking on responsibility? Well, in a very illegal way. She's not doing any work. She's sharing it. She's she's delegating, delegating like they say in the movie. This? So the way she gets by at 17 years old not knowing what to do, she finds this eager beaver that's sitting in the office and hands it to her, and the girl's like, oh my god, really? And she starts to do all the work for her, and so she's passing this woman's work off as her own. So really the only thing she's been able to do is steal from the petty cash so that she can buy groceries okay. with the plans of paying it back. You want to talk about being a script doctor? Here was the one thing I was waiting for at the end of this movie. So, like, where's you, my money? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Oh my God. That. Uh, uh, now I'm gonna nitpick. Now I'm remembering all the things I hated about this movie. Um, okay. So you mentioned this woman, this like this like office mouse who yes. you know is um, like so uh, uh, enthused to do like these reports yeah. or something. And she also applied for the job but didn't get it. Exactly. Here's what I was waiting for. At the end of the movie, when Christina Applegate does her reveal, I'm actually 17 years old, I'm in way over my head, to say, listen, this other woman applied for this oh, job, yeah. you need to hire her. That would have been a She's nice so little... good. Because the only other person we fu- we know applied for this job was the um, receptionist, yeah. who is the villain of the He's movie, a bitch. along with David Duchovny. Fox. Which, like, oh, yeah. I was Mulder. Like, his, name, his name was Fox in this Mulder. movie? Oh, incidental. <laughs> um, that's what I was waiting for. It would have made almost 
everything else that she did like wrong in the movie that I had an issue with. Yeah. Totally fine because she gave the credit where the credit was due, but she didn't. She didn't. She left her behind. I have another issue with that character, but we're going to go past that for a second. Christine Applegate or the mouse character? The, not the mouse character, the villain girl. Oh, the vi- oh, cool. Well, uh, so, yeah. so as events roll around, we have Gus, who's like an executive in the office, who's now hitting on a 17-year-old without really knowing it while still courting um, Christina Applegate, Sue Ellen's um, boss as well. So he's playing both well, of her them. Her name was Rose, right? The, her boss's name is Rose. Uh, yes, right on top of that, yeah. Rose. Um, so, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so she's doing that, and then you have the two. You have Fox Mulder and the the villainous girl, who's the front secretary, who's jealous. Who are both like finding a way to get this girl fired, and then we come to find out that the villainous sister that we're supposed to hate is sisters with the Burger Boy. Oh my God! Yeah. So why 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 do you have a Burger Boy we don't really care about who has no significance? You know, who's not necessarily like what would have given him more reason to be there is if he was constantly insistent on helping them at the house and figuring out that they were on their own. And maybe she she was like the big sister taking care of all her siblings and that she has legal guardianship over them, something like that, you know, but he has no reason for being. He's just like tailing her. And and then you have the bitchy sister who's just a total bitch. Yeah. um, You know, it's funny. I think that they made. Um, the the love interest and the villain related because they just wanted to have that one moment where like the love interest is at the office and he almost sees her. I truly think that's the only reason. Even at the end, where when they're in the same place um, uh, at this like event that uh, Christine Applegate is hosting at her own house, they never talk. They never have the brother and sister actually talk. Never. N- Not other once. than that one little scene yeah. at the office. And it's just like, one, Christina Applegate stole your sister's job that she probably put in a lot of work to do. Yeah. Like, there is no way when he finds that out that he goes like, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's cool, bruh. But he also says like, oh, my sister hates this bitch that stole her job, like from work. Yeah. And he never puts two and two together. The the villain girl never puts two and two together. Even though like, like there's no other discovery other than the fact that they're related. He knows that that woman's name is Sue, Sue Ellen, Ellen. Yeah. And he calls Christine Applegate Sue L. That doesn't like have some kind of red flag for no, him to be like, yeah. wow, that's really coincidental. Stupid. Yeah. I I really I think possibly he was my least favorite character there were other characters that did not belong in this movie but like i hated that love interest yeah it just was it was stupid it was stupid stupid so as all this is going down in the office you have all the kids at the house destroying the place like it looks like someone took a couple of garbage cans and dumped it all over the kitchen yeah the set designer worked for like five minutes and just said hey i'm gonna just like spread shit all over the place you know the only thing that started coming of it was that eventually while um sue ellen is at work the pothead brother because he's ignoring one of the younger brothers the youngest youngest or second youngest brother falls off the roof the youngest brother. The youngest one, okay. Yeah. He falls off the roof and he gets injured. So all of a injured sudden, bad. he's forced into maturity saying, okay, shit, I got to own up and, you know, take care of my brother. I feel bad, blah, blah, blah. So that's his catalyst for growing up, essentially? No, it's not. Because he still has the moment <clears> where, <throat> like, uh, you remember Sue Ellen gets back home and sees the TV. And they have that weird moment um, where she's like, how could you guys steal from me? 
And he's like, well, you know, you stole. Wait, you that's, did that. That's after the him falling off the roof? It is. It is. I, sw- I swear to you, because I found it to be so weird. I was like, okay. oh, you're right. That's the catalyst. This is what makes him mature. It doesn't. The montage that they go through makes him mature. Where they're cleaning the house? It, yeah. That's, that's when he matures. That's when everything gets turned around. It's so weird. And we're not, we're not there yet. Bad to say that Because I want to go into that. Bad writing. Um, so she this is why we're trying to talk in order. And it's hard because the things are like, some things happen out of order. Yeah. And from what I've heard, there are holes in the plot and in the script here and there because of a certain actor on the set. From what you've heard? Or from what I've read Ooh. all over the internet. You've been spending time with that research, honey. On the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back. Cool. So, um, so <laughs> the youngest boy falls off. She runs to his rescue. They all come together as a family. Wait, we're already there? Yes, we are. We See? so much. No, there's like a little, little detail things here and there, but they're not the point of the movie. Okay, fine. That's that's fair. You know, Actually, that's very What are we going to talk about? Burned waffles and a big um, bowl well, of cereal and a punch bowl. You did mention the um, the like office um, molester, uh, whatever Gus? his Gus. Yeah, that man. His performance is so cartoonish. It, like his his like lips are always like doing way too much. And he has like and, a hunch thing going. Yeah, and he's like always like caressing his nipples, and it's just like. It's so weird. He was in a different movie. He was in. A t- that's what I'm saying. He's, he was in a totally <clears throat> different movie, like a an animated film. Yeah. And like they present it that Rose is really into him, and like they're sleeping together. But it's like Rose, this man is so unappealing. They didn't even cast a, a conventionally handsome actor. Maybe if they did that, you could kind of excuse it, but like... Well, then, but the problem you'd run into is Sue Ellen would possibly be falling for him, and the whole point is for her not to fall for him. No, but he's old. Like, you still are reminded that, like, she's a 17-year-old in this adult world. You can still pass it off. Just cast someone who's more conventionally attractive so Rose has an excuse to fall for this man who's... So so disgusting. But I don't think she ever fell for him. She totally does. She wants. No. She desperately wants to like you know settle down with him to commit. She wants to like him to move into oh, wait, her wait, place. Wait. Are you talking? You're talking about Rose. Yeah. Or not Sue Ellen. No, Sue sorry, Ellen. Sorry, sorry. A young woman. What's your problem? <laughs> I thought all she's this got her whole life ahead about, of her. I thought you were saying Sue Ellen once, and I'm like, what? No. Keep up with me. Okay. <laughs> God, this movie. This movie is a bit of a mess. It is yeah. a bit of a mess. Uh, so, where are we at this point? Um, well, we brought up the kid fell. Sue Ellen is kind of like, she's stolen from Petty Cash. And we find out she has stolen over $3,000 from Petty Cash. Yeah, because the littlest one spent it on an entertainment center. Which is State crazy. of the art. Oh, we only see... A box TV. Yeah, we only see that, like, he spent that on the entertainment center. But apparently, um, the uh, oh, other yeah. kid... <laughs> bought a, a diamond ring um, and he gave it to like some random girl to his moonbeam girl to or his something. moon goddess oh. um, the the sociopath <clears throat> daughter tomboy bought a bike um, I don't think the stoner bought anything he maybe bought like a waffle maker oh yeah unless he bought something and they edited it out like he bought more pot or something stupid maybe he bought a new wife <sighs> cause it's legal <clears throat> 
<laughs> it's um, legal. Uh, yeah, so that happens. And then Sue Ellen, like, freaks out. Um, the Then she's about to tell the boss, but the boss tells us that the company's about to go under because they're yeah. waiting for, like, this order with a public school system to and go through. And the kids no longer want uniforms, so yeah. now they're... they're they're at a loss because now these kids are boycotting their uniforms, which is their whole pitch. Yeah, wait, just to go back, because we didn't mention anything about that. So at, uh, Sue Ellen goes to work at this fashion company. They they manufacture, or rather, they manufacture clothes, General right? General Apparel West. Yeah, and they manufacture uniforms yeah. is what they now do. I think maybe they did something else at one point. Cool. Um, they are basically um, nailing down a giant order that will triple their their profit uh, for a public school system uh, to provide their uniforms. Um, That deal falls apart. I'm thinking so hard keeping this all in my head. I know, you're trying to stay organized. Yeah, um, that deal falls apart. um, And then Sue Ellen gets inspiration uh, looking at all of the, uh, honestly, all the Latino people Walking through the sweatshop. Yeah, totally, walking through the sweatshop. Um, and but she never once acknowledges Consuela. No, that is actually a huge thing about this movie. You have like the executive level, and then you have oh, all of the people like actually making the clothes. All Latino. Oh my god, it's crazy. And the one guy that they gave lines to that's drawing or designing some of these uniforms down in the sweatshop area oh, is an old, old white queen. man. Well, he's the old queen. Yeah, it's like, are you, yeah. are you serious? You couldn't give it to a Latino? No. It couldn't be Consuela? No, because people Dolores? in 91 wouldn't be able to relate or understand. Oh, jeez. They'd be like, why is... Why is he making decisions? What's yeah. happening? Um, Christine Applegate has inspiration. Uh, she, at that point, becomes employee of the month. So she, oh, well, she designs an entire line of clothing, and totally. no one gives her credit for that. So now this is when the montage starts. Once she has inspiration of how to save the company, this montage starts. And because she has an inspiration, the entire family, her entire family changes. Do you, do you remember that? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, that's the cat. That's the catalyst. Because they're all going to help her put on this big show, but they have no reason to. Nothing no. to gain from it. No. And, like, Christine Applegate <clears throat> doesn't even need to confess to stealing money because she's able to use this event that they're having at her own house. To cover it up. To cover it up and create fake receipts. Like, she creates fake receipts. Remember yeah. the, the ice, bodacious ice sculpture? And one of yeah. the stoner's stoner friends makes this this ice sculpture. So uh, what happens? Christina Applegate becomes employee of the month. She she designs an entire uh, line of school uniforms, which are... Yeah. We'll go into that. And at this point, she's broken up with the burger boy because she's holding a secret and he can't find out what it is. True. And so she said, bye. And that's when she focuses and becomes like a successful See? independent woman. Because men get in the way. Totally. Yeah, we completely do. Um, no, you we heard don't. it that's, here first. That's such bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, eldest brother starts cooking and cuts his hair and becomes like a stay-at-home mom. He looks is like a Mormon. They tell us they have they have that weird scene where like they're trying to be like really edgy and reverse the gender roles. Remember where Christine Applegate? Oh, he like, becomes like a super stay-at-home dad. Yeah, but, like, their whole point in 91 is, like, he's the, he's the stay-at-home mom, and she's yeah. the dad going out and providing. Yeah, like, which is very forward-thinking for 91. Well, it also, again, it doesn't really match the movie because all of a sudden becomes a cartoon, you well, know? She, 
their lines are so cartoonish. Yeah. And you don't even take me out anymore for dinner. Well, it, that made me feel uncomfortable because they were having an argument like they were lovers, like a lover's quarrel. And, then, and I was like, you're brothers and sisters. I don't like this. Yeah. It, it was really weird. It was weird. I think the effect they were going for when, you know, the screenwriter wrote this scene is not what translated onto the screen. Yeah. Um, what else happens? The lover boy has no progression. He's the most boring character of the movie. Yep. Um, the tomboy daughter makes it onto the Little League team. Oh, for baseball, for yeah. For baseball, because we needed to see that for some Lord reason. Knows. And then, does anything happen with the youngest kid? No, he still just really likes TV. He just likes TV. And you know, the, the, there's one that we don't ever find out about either, and that's the one with the, the moon girl. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no progression. There's zero. Oh, he gets dumped after he gives her a diamond ring, and then yeah. he uh, immediately falls in love for some other kid. I'm curious what his progression was, because according to the interwebs, he had a bunch of stuff that was cut. Is that the one who's difficult? That's the that's the actor who is difficult? So, wait, are we going into this real quick? We can. <laughs> I think that's a, wait, a you ready? suitable tangent. Okay, this is a little bit scandalous. All right, you ready? I think I think they're ready. Oh my god, you ready? Uh, so, production nearly stopped towards the end of shooting due to Christopher Petitz, which I forget, I don't know how to say his name. He played the character Zach, who we're talking about, who had the the lover girl. He was the um, third. He was the true middle child of yes, the family. Yes, yes. You may have noticed a lot of scenes, his eyes were a little bit red, right? Uh-huh. So he was a drug addict. <gasps> how little, old was he? He was a baby. Whoa. So, um... So his drug addiction got out of control during filming. So producers cut a few of his scenes to keep the film on schedule. Yeah. Wow. Does yeah. it say what drugs he was doing? Uh, not on here. Not and I when I googled it, I couldn't find it anywhere. I mean, after this, he ended up doing this show called The Young Writers. Um, he played a young Jesse James, but then that show got canceled. And soon after, his manager Bob Villard um, said that Chris just about went impoverished. He lived on small residual <gasps> checks, and then he went to a couple of AA meetings and never admitted to a drug problem, so he sadly died. <gasps> yeah, I just saw that. Drug overdose two months after his 24th birthday. Oh, that's actually really sad. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. You know what's even crazier? That he was, he on, was in Point Break. That he was in Star Trek The Next Generation, the oh episode The God. High Ground. Yes, I did. Oh yes, I did. God. I pulled it into Star Trek. You saw Ugh. that? Yeah. That goes out to my girl, Anne. I'm so disappointed <laughs> i'm so utterly disappointed in you oh my god anywho isn't that crazy that is when you were hinting i was I like maybe his eyes like, are red maybe gus maybe like the love interest character not that kid mm-hmm. wow weird mm-hmm. hollywood's a weird mm-hmm. machine mm-hmm. um so so anyway so so they as a family they come together and they throw this huge fashion show meanwhile the villains have found um for some reason sue and ellen left her purse in the office oh that's after breaking into the petty cash lockbox and they see all these all the fake receipts obviously forged and they're like, receipts. Oh, they're no, like she... oh man everything's on the up and up yeah she really did spend all that money on all this what stuff dummies and then they find her id and they're like oh shit she's 17 and they're like we got her guys also we totally didn't go into it we mentioned it David Duchovny is in this film as, like, they have the villain characters, the receptionist, who didn't get the job that Sue Ellen gets. And for some reason, they have her boyfriend. uh, He's the head of inventory. And he is, like, slick back hair. Long. Like, 
kind of that mini little ponytail that you know guys still yeah. sometimes have and immediately shows you that they probably smell like ass <laughs> like he that's him and he's just like he's basically like He's a cartoon. Again, he's a cartoon. There are a lot of male characters in the movie that, were movie that are just cartoons. The girls are more grounded than the guys. Yeah. But, but even Rose is kind of a cartoon. <laughs> like, remember when she eats Skittles when she's, like, like uh, freaking out? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And she doesn't chew the Skittles. She just leaves them at the front of her mouth. Would you almost go out on a limb and say that the children were played a little more grounded and the adults played as children? No, I wouldn't. I'm I would stretching say, it. I know. I, you know what? Here's, the funny thing is this movie revolves around Sue Ellen and Christina Applegate is just like oddly grounded in this movie. I think to kind she of like great to hold the movie together, and because of that, everyone else is just like way too out there. They don't really make sense. Maybe she just doesn't make sense for this world. You know, Maybe. like everyone else should be in nine to five, and oh, she such a good movie. should have an entirely different cast. Wait, did you watch nine to five with me? Uh, I, I have watched nine to five. Uh, maybe we should do that one. No, because I never watched that as a kid. Ugh. It's it's fine. People people make way too much out of that movie. It is not amazing. The performances are wonderful. It's not an amazing That's movie. That's right. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so they throw this big thing, and the villain comes to the party and is like, Hey, Rose, turns out your executive assistant is a 17-year-old child, and this entire business is at her hands, and you're about to embarrass yourself. And she thinks, Rose is like, this is bullshit. You jealous? Oh my and god! Rips up the, the copy. And even like the way she says it, she's like, "Like this is the most pathetic machination." She doesn't say machination. She says machination. <sighs> I've ever witnessed. She has a speech impediment. She. Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't be surprised. She just had like skittles in her mouth all the time. Yeah. Um. So she totally disregards that. The only time we see Rose like in a an odd place with Sue Ellen is when Gus. Uh, tries to uh, fuck Sue Ellen for the last time, and Sue At Ellen. The party. Sue Ellen uh, uses a super soaker on his crotch, and then Sue Rose Ellen, walks in. And is like, what is happening yeah, here? And Sue Ellen just like blatantly, they're like, we don't know how to tie up this little storyline. So let's just have Sue Ellen just totally say everything. She's just like, he's been hitting on me. He's got a crush on me. The roses were for me. Rose. And then Rose's response is, we have a show to put on. And she's like, we're all adults here. Wink, wink. So uh, let's just. Put this aside and get to the party. It's like, okay. You're like, what? Cool, man. What? It Word. would have been so much better if she, like, threw a punch bowl on his head and then they all walked out together. It would have been more satisfying, but, like, I don't know. I, I did like Rose as a character, so I didn't have a problem no, with she it. she was great. You know, she was... What's, what's, what's that woman's name? Rose? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. You, okay. Where are we going next? So, from there, we have this very successful fashion show, and in the middle of it, Mom turns up. She does. By the way, uh, Rose Cassidy... And I, I know her from something else. I, just I do too. Can't remember what. And my internet's being probably horrible. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, oh, she was in Blade Runner. Uh, she was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She was. Um, oh, she was Bob the secretary. Hoskins. No, no. She was Bob Hoskins. Uh, oh, love the love interest. interest. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, I like her even more. Yeah, she's she's great. I like her. Um, um woo, girl, look at you in. Uh, uh, I was about to say Total Recall, Blade Runner. <laughs> Oh, weird. Literally just said that. That's weird. Yeah. Um, so before, so he was just, that ooh was because he just saw a picture of the actress with a snake around her neck from Blade Runner. She's beautiful. Yeah, she is, but the people listening can't see that. Well, guys, look her up. And but don't some... take my word for it. Ah, ah, ah. 
Again, I'm severely disappointed in you. Sorry, and I leaned into the mic. I wasn't supposed to do that. You did. Posture is important. Anyway. <laughs> the more you know. So, uh, so everything comes to a head. Mom shows up, and she's like, Sue Ellen, you're in big trouble. And uh, the boyfriend is outside on a loudspeaker <laughs> being like, up. hey. She shows up in safari gear, the mom, because she's coming from Australia. <laughs> I guess she bought it while she was there. It's so awesome. I'm like, what? It's like, I don't look like I belong here, but you're in big trouble, missy. I got a dingo and a knife. What if she was, like, trying to go through this party, just trying to find out what was happening? She ended up on the runway, and she was just like, mm. and so she's like, oh, my God. She's like, what am I doing? And she's like, Mom. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. What's happening in my house? Yes. And then she does a tribal dance. That would have been really funny. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, like, the whole thing gets, like, so neatly wrapped up. Yeah. Everything is forgiven. Yeah. Um, Everything oh, is forgiven. Wait a minute. Hold on. Before that. What? Can we please, for the love of God. Talk about the drag queens. Talk about. No, no. I don't uh, care about the drag queens. That's like such a small moment. It's weird. The drag queens end up stealing. Their um, car. Th- well, they end up, because the babysitter <laughs> died, they are using the babysitter's car for a bit. And then one night um, they're out at like an arcade and then drag queens steal the car. Because the they're lot. obviously criminals. Yeah, and they're like, and they're like, let's call the cops. And then someone's like, what are we gonna say? Liza Minnelli stole a car. It was so Super, weird. It's actually kind of funny, but like, it's not important. It's funny, but what? No, what I want to get to is the clothing line that saves the business is so hideous, is so unbelievably awful looking. The <laughs> I cannot believe like. Somebody, a designer looked at, or like whoever created the costumes for this uh, movie, because the costumes are actually really good for this movie. Yeah. Um, they're very fashionable, but they're like, you know, kind of conservative, 91, but still like fashionable, right? That they looked at these costumes and they said, that's the fucking future of schools. We nailed it. They converted it was these crazy. like work uniforms, like a nurse's uniform, a chef's uniform into quote unquote, Things like high schoolers would wear. They look like hooker wear. They don't. They don't even. They look like, like a, a three-year-old took like those you know smelly markers and just drew some like squiggles on a piece of paper a and those are the designs. Marker? Yeah. What happened? How? How? I don't know. Were you not as affected by this as I, I was? I was not as affected oh by that. I was like, well, maybe it's a, a part of the time. No, that kid was doing so much smack, and he said, you know what, I know I've been a problem on set, but I've designed these clothes, and I think we can do it. I think we can use it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that was my so biggest problem with the movie. That was your biggest problem. Was that decision. Um. I didn't have any really big problems. I mean, there's always a lot of ways you could have fixed it a little bit, the script, but... Guys, Google these costumes. They're ridiculous. They are the most astounding... What would you, what would you Google? Like, babysitter dead runway? Yeah, totally. That's exactly... Take it to the runway. Done. Love it. Yeah, it exactly. Runway. Guys, write us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Please let me know as, if you were as affected by these costumes as I was. I am still furious about it. I need to breathe for a second. While you breathe, I have another fun fact. Great. Okay. So, Keith Coogan. Do you know which one that is? Steve Coogan? No, Keith Coogan played the pothead brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. He looks weird nowadays. Do you know who he's related to? Steve Coogan? No. Another Coogan. 
Sir Patrick Stewart Coogan? He is the grandson of Jackie Coogan, who played Uncle Fester on The Addams Family. Jackie Coogan was the name of the original Fester? Yes. Oh. So, also, in a turn of events, as far as, like, children stars go of the 80s and 90s, he is the reason why they came up with the impetus for Coogan's Law. Uh, Explain. I must know. All right. So, <laughs> so he was the impetus for Coogan's Law. It's a law which protects child actors from being exploited by unethical parents, agents, and show business producers. The law was passed when Coogan discovered at age 21, after years of working in show business, that his bank account had been depleted. All the money he had earned doing movies as a child were taken by his mother, who stated unapologetic unapologetically any money jackie made prior to the age of 21 is legally ours we never promised him otherwise oh that's they so took all sad. his shit and that's why there's coogan's law in hollywood oh i actually feel really bad for Isn't that, that guy. crazy yeah because he had a really good career like, yeah you remember him from a and bunch they of stuff. took everything Ay yeah you know what else and tell me if this would have made the movie different uh don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead was not the original title. Do you remember, do you know what the original title was? Satan Babysitter. That would be really funny. XXX Porno. Oh, <laughs> snap. No, it was called The Real World. Oh. Then they yeah. changed it because of the reality show that was coming out at the time. Yeah. Or that it, was going on. It, honestly, like, while I couldn't remember the exact wording of the title, it's still a better title than The Real, real World. Yeah. No. The Wii World has a little bit more of a serious connotation wow. to it. Did you notice we're, we the were real trouble? world? The real world. We were adding like a W. I haven't drank enough water. We got the Wii World. <laughs> Guys, Dasani, do you want to support? Actually, I don't want Dasani oh to support us. I don't like Dasani. We've got the greatest tap water in the world here in New York. Lots of New fluoride. York City tap water, kid. Shout out to tap water, New York City. Yo, fluoride. Yo, Adrian. So, in conclusion. Oh. We find out that this entire event happened during the summer, and just to throw us off their track, the boyfriend at the end of the movie says, do you have plans for New Year's? Oh yeah, that's such a weird, and it's what? like one of the last lines. His character never made sense from the beginning. No, they didn't know what to do with that character, and they needed, like, it's the, oh no, it's not the last scene. Because you have that scene, and then the last scene with Rose, right? Because the real... I'm pretty sure. No, it's not. They flipped it. They flipped it. Yeah, I think, I honestly genuinely think they were a bit confused with, like, the, the love interest storyline for this movie. They didn't really know what to do with it. The best relationship of this movie is Rose and Sue Ellen. I agree. Like, it's very, it's not even, like, it turns from boss, employee, to just, like, friends. And, you know, Rose is, like, a very capable woman in her field. But they don't go... Actually, I want to bring this up. So a lot of people watching this movie for the first time probably will see um, similarities to, like, The Devil Wears Prada, right? Uh -huh. When there are a ton of movies, even before that, that are kind of in this vein. You know, uh, uh, Working Girl, 9 to 5, all of these ones, where it's mm -hmm. like, women are going to the office. We're fucking doing it. We're here. We're females tootsie? get used to it sort of uh, tootsie has a different message okay just kidding saying that men can do it better but that's a whole other story <laughs> yeah. yeah um uh they don't go down the trope though of like rose is a, a shitty person and you know is a horrible boss no she never was right? so out of all relationships in this movie you've got a family unit that is disastrous you've got a mom who hates her kids 
it's Sue Ellen and Rose. I actually really loved their relationship. <clears throat> they could have gotten more with that and less of the boyfriend. Yeah. Like, they could have had the boyfriend in the beginning and then kicked him out very early on and not have a connection to the villain girl at all. Yeah. It's also like they have, they only have her at this, like, burger or hot dog place to introduce this love interest character. And it just, you don't need it. You you really don't need it. You know, have her, like, super intimidated with, like, interviews, you know, at, like, these crappy places. places, You could do another little montage there. And then everyone's saying her resume sucks. And so she forges one. Totally. That's a way better, excuse me, way to do it. That's all you have to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the movie. Um, now would you say we're at the point where we ask ourselves, would we want to revisit slash remake this movie in any capacity? So I think that this movie so strangely stands up to the test of time. It does. It does a good job of it. Yeah. Like, I, I actually very much enjoyed revisiting this movie. Especially nowadays with, like, women, like, taking different roles on and things like that in politics and things. Yeah, totally. I don't think that, um... I think the target audience for this movie back then, if you took the same target audience now, I don't think the message would be kind of received the same way. Not at all. Because the reality is... Um, you know, you have this child who goes into this place and basically just like totally, uh, she steals the job of someone who's been working like their ass off this entire time. Who still is doing the work for her. Well, she, she, not even, but like then all of a sudden to get ahead, she ends up using other people. So it's like very much like, you know, what an executive level person is like the stereotype of like, well, I just delegate and I don't do anything. Other people Mm. do it for me. Right. So I don't know if you could really preserve the overall plot of this movie and reboot it. If you change it to like, make it more accessible to people nowadays, (laughs) it kind of just changes it so much that like it, it's a different movie. Uh, my vote is rest in peace. Let it die. I agree. I feel the same. I think it just should be left alone. If they were going to revisit it in some way, I would like to see it rebooted as a whole thing with the actual babysitter. Like, instead of killing her off, being, like, this crazy old lady that is, like, trying to turn their house upside down and these kids fighting back almost home alone-ish. Well, or, like, duplex. Remember Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston? No, that's Along Came Polly. I don't remember who the uh, woman I don't was. know what you're talking about. Uh, du- duplex is a movie where Ben Stiller and someone else uh, buy the bottom apartment of a duplex and, like, there's an old lady who lives above them and they basically, like, she's awful and they try to kill her or something. I think think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) what you're describing kind of becomes that movie. Yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's not, it wouldn't work. Do a prequel. This is a weird situation where, like, do a prequel. That would be so bizarre. Because we don't really see enough of the babysitter. The babysitter is in the title. She's, the, like, the title character. But it's all of, like, ten minutes. Yeah, it, it, she's not in very much of the movie. And they don't talk about the fact that she's dead ever again. Yeah, they even show, like, in, uh, remember with, um... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, in all those movies, they had, like, the opening animation. Oh, yeah, yeah. They it do the same that. thing for this movie, yeah. um, and it's just the babysitter. But, like, yeah, she's not in very much this movie. And I, I actually loved, I loved that character, and I would love yeah. to see more of her. She's not much of it. It would have been funny that every time, or, or the first time that they thought they accidentally killed her, that she came back to life. 
And then throughout the whole movie, it turns into this whole thing of like, she's crazy, she's crazy. And then they eventually become very dark and try to kill her and she never dies. So kind of like a like psychological horror movie where like the kids end up going further and further into madness. Yes. That would be really good. I would be super down for that. Don't steal my idea. idea. Copywritten. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright, copyright. Copyright. I'm going to write that, you assholes. Hollywood Machine, Hollywood Machine. (laughs) Nelson Law or whatever that was. Oh, my God. That would be really good. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually. I totally would sign off on that. With, like... Oh, my God. It would be, like, Judy Dench in this, like, crazy fucking role. As, like, the the babysitter? (laughs) The babysitter. Because she has a way of being creepy as hell. Have you ever seen Notes on a Scandal? Yeah, I have. I don't know. Yeah. That's a different kind of creepy. I would almost say... Oh my god, Betty White. She'd be funny in it. What? And people would laugh their asses off with her, like, tr- like wielding a knife and stuff. No. You know who? Fucking Glenn Close. Because I'm thinking, like, Glenn Close, who you didn't know was in Hook as that pirate for years uh, and years. Uh, have her go, like, full, full prosthetics, like, super transformational. Okay. I say Glenn Close. Hell yeah, Glenn Close. Oh my god. Glenn Close with a win. Again, copyright. Yeah, well, Meryl would probably get it, because there's that whole thing. Oh, Jesus. Whatever, Meryl Streep's overrated. <laughs> I love anyway, her. Anyway, <laughs> um, Anyway, guys, uh, that's it. That's us revisiting Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Correct. Nailed it. First try. As always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and leave us a review, please. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Revisit and Ruin or write us at revisitandruin at gmail.com. Uh, CM, if I was to enter the workforce, I would hope that you would be there to help me go over all the reports on inventory you're so grown up yep that's great he's gonna buy me dinner now i'm not gonna buy you jack shit i'm poor (laughs) i just started a job uh all right guys that's it bye